Well, welcome to the Unstoppable Freedom Podcast. I'm Jimmy Page. The Unstoppable Freedom Alliance is part of a growing movement across America that's fighting for freedom and the values and ideas that this country was founded on. Today, we have an absolutely incredible guest by the name of Patrick Lencioni, and you're gonna be inspired by him, I guarantee it. Let me tell you a little bit about Pat as we get started. Patrick is the founder and president of The Table Group, a firm dedicated to providing organizations with ideas, products, and services that improve teamwork, clarity, and employee engagement. He's the author of 12 best-selling books with over 7 million copies sold. And after 19 years in print, his classic book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, remains a fixture on national bestseller lists. His most recent book, The Motive, was released in February of 2020. He's also the host of a popular business podcast, At the Table with Patrick Lencioni, and his latest model, The Six Types of Working Genius, is designed to help people find joy and energy in their work. Boy, we need more of that. I have personally benefited from and implemented Pat's work in every single organization that I've been involved with, with tremendous results. Pat, welcome to Unstoppable Freedom. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's great to be here. I was so excited when you said you had a, an extraordinary guest, and I, I was waiting for you to say it, and then you said my name, and I was like, oh, man, I thought you had somebody great on here. Darn it. You know, no one will be disappointed, though. You're the only one. Hey, listen, so for those who are watching this on video as well, not just the podcast, I, I thought I would just flatter you a little. I've got five of your 12. I was disappointed to hear there are 12. I have five in my hands, five of your books, and I got to tell you, Every single one of them has had a tremendous impact, impact on me personally and professionally, Pat. Oh, praise God for that. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. We've even had folks from your organization come in and walk us through workshops with a lot of the material, whether it's the ideal team player or the five dysfunctions of a team. I mean, it has just been amazing to see people come to life and, and for our culture to improve. That's, that's great. And that's why we started this. And um and, and that's, that's part and parcel of what you're doing, and we want to help with this as well. So, wow. Yes, I'm so. a kid in a candy store. As, as difficult as things are these days, I'm, I'm so thankful that I get to be part of trying to help others through it. Yeah, for sure. And you're making a big difference. So I'm going to start this time with the way we start all of our time, with one simple question. It may not be simple, but it certainly is important. What do you love most about America and why? So I... I think that most people who answer this question today have to answer it in terms of the America that we're meant to be. Yes. Because if you were asking me what I'm most, I love most about America today, um, most of those things, honestly, most of those things are under threat, but I'm not, I don't want to be downer yeah. about that. Let's do something yeah. about it. What I love most about America is that um, the source of our liberty is God. And we said yes. that in the early days. It's like, no, this is we are endowed by our creator with these things. It's not a king or a dictator or some document. Now, we have a constitution and declaration of independence, but that says this. We are human beings made in the likeness of God, and we are meant to be free. Yes. And so that's been our North Star since the very beginning. And when we drift from that or weren't completely living that, we had that North Star. So that's what I love about America is what Tocqueville said about it and what, you know— yes they wrote about at the beginning and that's this all comes from him yes i love that i mean you couldn't start in a better spot right that our rights come from god not government and when i read those original documents what inspires me is that the government's role first of all the government is is given um the the responsibility to secure our rights rights come from god the, the primary goal of government is to secure those rights, not to infringe on them. And, um, and so I think there's some interesting opportunities for us to get back to that original idea and ideal of what America can be. Yeah, I agree. So let me ask you this. When, we, when you look at what's happening in America today, and, and even all around the world, it's not just in America, what are the areas that concern you most? Well, it's the, I mean, it's the removal of God from society, and the way that plays out is there is no longer a recognition that anything is true. See, moral relativism mm. really is the problem. Now, that sounds very theoretical and all this stuff, but the problem, when, when you have moral relativism, nothing is a North Star. There is no truth. And, and, and we have taken that, and when there's no truth, it goes to extremes. Yes. You can't there is nothing we are allowed to say, well, that is true, and so let's use that truth to guide us. 
So yeah. anything goes, everything goes, except the declaration that there are truths. And so, so it's, it's God. It's all about God. But God is about truth, and faith and reason go together. And yes. so when we say there's no truth, there's no logic, there's no common sense, there's no declaration of that which is true, it's chaos. Yes. And that's, that's what we're living right now, and I hope, by the grace of God, we can recover from this by recognizing it and, saying, and learning the lesson. Now, yeah. some people have to learn the lesson when six million people get killed in concentration camps. Yeah. Some people have to learn the lesson after there's massive, massive destruction. Mm. I hope we can learn that lesson before that. And podcasts yeah. like yours and media who are breaking through the censorship right now are trying to help people understand that. Yeah, I think that's so true. You, as you were mentioning about truth, I was reminded of this idea that we're, re, we're in the process of redefining terms that have been universally agreed to for centuries, really back to the beginning of time. And if you can redefine terms that you used to go, uh, you used to be certain about and change their definition, and then say on top of that, hey, that well, that's your truth, oh. or that's my truth. It's like, wait a minute. Well, how are we ever going to agree on any objective truth? Is there any unity there? What do you think about right. that? Well, I mean, this is the issue. I, I've made a relative cry during a family reunion. Um, not like there was 100 people in the room and I made her cry. But we were sitting watching television and something came up. And I said, well, this. And she said, well, that's, that's not necessarily true. And I said, well, m maybe, but, but there's truth. And she said, no, there's no truth. And, and I said, well, something has to be true. And, and I literally said, like, someone killed Kennedy. It was either the mafia or the Cubans or someone else. I said, and there's many theories, but at the end of the day, one has to be true. And she literally said, well, maybe it's both. And I said, well, no, but I mean, and then, and then we got into faith, and I said, listen, you can believe whatever you want, but at the end of the day, something's going to be true. Mm. And she said, well, no, my truth could be true, and yours could. And it's like, no, two plus two can't be four and five. Yes, yes. And she started crying because the idea that there is truth and that we might have to conform to it was so antithetical to her. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I just made somebody cry by saying that there is truth in the world. Yes. And when you couple that with the idea, first of all, that's deeply concerning, right? But I love the fact that you have this conversation at a family gathering. First of all, they say, that's a no-no. You have violated some rules around <laughs> family gatherings, but I respect the fact that you, um, you want to have those important conversations that matter, right? The interesting thing that I'm seeing is that if truth violates my experience, we throw out the truth. So my experience can trump all truth, and if right. that's true, then we don't have a foundation that we can agree on. There's no way we're going to get to a spot of unity. Exactly. And, and, and I have to say this. In the Bible, Jesus says, I came to divide. I mean, I divide father against son, mother against daughter, mother against daughter-in-law. I thought that was interesting that he included that. And I will say we have to speak truth within our families. Yes. But when, when truth is so contentious today, there's been a realignment. Yeah. And though I still love family members, yeah. there's some that I cannot expose myself to whose fundamental beliefs about what is good and bad, right and wrong, true and non-true, and their inability to even engage in the conversation has meant our relationship has been severely changed as a result of that. And I used to feel really, really bad about that. I still feel kind of bad about that, but it's like, if my... If the most fundamental things I believe are unacceptable to somebody else, do I change what I believe in order right. to preserve a relationship? Right. Or do I say, God, I give this to you, mm -hmm. and, and I hope those people can come along, and I hope I can be gracious, but if that means I'm no longer close to that person, I have to be okay with that. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and I think that's uh, it's courageous. It's difficult because uh, a lot of people don't like conflict in general. So when that conflict comes and then you discover that you are on different planets with respect to your belief system, then you're right. People will say, well, don't sacrifice the relationship for the conversation or for the point. 
And I, I think that's right. I don't have to be right at your expense. I get that. Right. But at the same time, if we're not operating on the same foundational values and truths, then we're going to have a difficulty having a depth of relationship that we would otherwise be able to have. What's ironic is that if it's a stranger in the grocery store, okay, that's engaging in conflict with them isn't that important. But if I have a deep relationship with another human being and on something so fundamental that's going to affect my life and their life and their children and their family and society, if I love them and have a deep relationship, yes. I cannot not have that conversation. Now, in, yes. in charity and love, but if the differences in our opinion are so fundamental and we still try to maintain the relationship on the same terms it was before, yeah. there's a cost to that because it's inauthentic. Yes. And it means somewhat, someone is going to have to, to compromise truth. Now, yeah. again, there's different ways to talk about it. It's not like, I have to be right and I'm going to shove this down your throat. Not at all. Right. But if, if they think that my faith or my belief in freedom makes me a fool, mm -hmm. And I don't think that's going to affect our relationship, then I'm lying to myself. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking as you were speaking, you know, I, you know, people, a lot of times people talk about unity, this idea of, you know, coming together and being unified. And I get that. And I want, we want unity, but we want unity around truth. We want around unity. Truth. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was thinking that even our motto in America is e pluribus unum, out of many, one. And back in the original context of that, this idea that people could come from all over the world, from all different walks of life, all different circumstances, all different ethnicities, uh, all different backgrounds, but they come to America with this idea that we're uniting around the original principles and ideas and values of what America stands for. We can all, we used to be able to, we used to be able to unite around the fundamental foundational values of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, around the idea that we've all been created and given rights by our creator um, that are inalienable, can't be taken away. Uh, and then there's a whole host of other cultural values that we have in America that we used to be able to unite around. But in your point, in your you know, exactly what you said is that the problem is we don't agree on those values anymore. We're not uniting around those things. We want to unite around what everyone believes. No matter what you believe, we're going to, we have to believe it. Well, and it, it, that would be impossible, but it would be one thing. But actually, they don't want to embrace what everyone believes. Hmm. They want to embrace, it's a very, it's a very, it's slant. It's not like, hey, because I, I think actually the country, drifted into that, let's, let's unite around what everyone believes for a while, but then the people that brought that about said, now we're going to punish the people who don't believe the same thing as we do. Yes. So I think we went from there is a true north to, oh, there's nothing, and now it's like, oh, yeah, there is. It's true south. I mean, it's the opposite of true north. Yes. And, the only, and, and what society yeah. is saying now is if you believe in the, in, in the upside down, you're acceptable. Yes. Yes. But if you still believe in anything that's fundamental truth, then you are you are unacceptable. Yes. So we've we went from like truth to moral relativism to now it's I, I don't know what the right word to say is. I think it's it's actually like enforced immorality. I know yeah. and, and again, yeah. if you say that to some people are like, Whoa, what's immoral? Nothing's immoral. It's like, well, yes, if there's yes. truth, something's yeah. untrue. So yes. I, I agree. I don't know what unites Americans anymore, although what I'm seeing is God brings about really good things from difficult situations, isn't he? Yes. He is so amazing. Praise him. Yes. And I think that through what's going on right now in society, there are far more people now that are willing to search for truth. Yes. There also are far more people that are opposed to that, and we're either going to lovingly help them understand that or we're going to suffer for a lot more yeah and here's the deal if it's god's will either of those is fine yeah that's right but i say that to you now but then when i yeah. start to suffer for it sometimes yeah. I, i'm like this is unfair and god's like yeah, yeah i know yeah, exactly but that's the beauty of being a man of god right is that when you have faith in the creator in christ then you surrender to his goodness his plans he's good in the end he'll turn every um, challenging adversity, difficult circumstances for the good of those who love him.
Yeah, you know, so, I love that that cartoon <clears throat> of all those people carrying the crosses, their crosses, you know, and they're all, and one guy's sweating and he's kind of unhappy, and so he cuts a little bit of it off, and then he, he they go further and he saws a little bit. Now his cross is a lot lighter, and then they come to the cliff where they have to cross over from one cliff to another, yeah. and everybody lays their cross down and walks across, and his is too short. And <sighs> the point is, God gives us the crosses we carry for our salvation and to help to do his will. And, like, I'm bummed out that at the age of 56 that this is going on in my society because I'm worried about my sons. And, yes. and, and I think God is saying, hey, I put you there, there at this time for a reason. So instead of bemoaning that, why don't you just do the work I have for you, accept the suffering, yes. and it won't be near as bad. Yes. But if, yes. I, if I'm angry and bitter, which, by the way, the devil wants us to be angry and bitter— I will probably say, why me and why now? And he's like, don't you think I'm in charge of all this? So anyway, let's fight. Let's be joyful warriors. Exactly. It's super encouraging because, well, first of all, the word for today is we're living, you said it already, we're living in the upside down. Uh, What's good is bad is bad is good. Oh, yeah. And the Bible talks about how that's going to be the case. And then the other thing I was thinking was God is sovereign. God is providential. Uh, so he, he does intervene in the affairs of men. Even our founding fathers, they relied on divine providence. Our documents that we had were, were absolutely tremendous. Um, what we need today is not a sense of surrender, like, oh, because God's in control and because his plans are going to be, you know, they're going to come to fruition, is he's asking us to engage in this process. He's asking us to jump in and act on, I wrote this word down for you, which is, you're the embodiment of this to me, is moral conviction and courage. Right. That is, he, he's asked people throughout history to step into the fray and operate with moral conviction and courage because we can operate with freedom, not worried about pleasing other people, not worrying about what people say about us, but instead working to please God for his glory, to bring his kingdom here. That's right, but he gives us free will. This is the amazing thing about God. He says, I will give you a choice. You can do that, and you can love in truth. You know, I think it's those two things. You can love people and love them in truth. Yes. Or you can can try to win the the approval of of society and, and get away from this and go along with it and maximize your bank account, maybe, or your popularity, or your... You're allowing to be part of a group and socially. You could choose that too, away from truth. But what he's saying, I want you to choose truth and love. Yes. And then the suffering is like, well, this is your will. So, so it's not like he, it's like it doesn't matter. This is not a, a time for passivity yes. or, or caving in or mediocrity. Yes. This is a time for heroic self-sacrifice. And it's not in the, I don't have to, take up arms, yes. I have to speak truth in love and co- yes. suffer the consequences of that. And, and, and by the way, I say this like it's easy, and it's not. <laughs> but I have to be like, uh, it was, was it Peter and, and, and John or, who mm. got, they got whipped and let go, yeah. scourged yeah. and let go, and they went outside after they left <clears throat> the jail, and they rejoiced that they were actually deemed worthy to suffer like Jesus for Jesus. Yes. Boy, yeah. imagine if we were all like, hey, oh. if, if they reject me, I'm going to go, Jesus, you're letting me share in your suffering. This is awesome. Yes. But, but what I might do is go, like my yeah. son's girlfriend is about to get expelled from her college. She has, she got vaccinated and she didn't want to, but she did it. Since then, she's been having menstrual issues, which a lot of women have. Her doctor told she, – she got COVID four weeks ago and recovered, but she has these other health issues. Her doctor said you should not get the booster. They are going to kick her out of Santa Clara University because of that. And I called her after I, I – when I was preparing for this podcast, and I said, I am proud of you. God is with you. You're a hero. And I told yes. her about all the people being kicked out of the military. Yes. And she was – I didn't know that. I said, yeah, you're like them. You yes. are a hero, and you're, God has a plan for you, and it will work out fine. And yes. if Santa Clara University thinks that you conforming to some political narrative is more important, then let's find a place where you can go be yourself. And so anyway, yes. I just want to say that yes. be happy warriors. Be glad to suffer for Jesus. 
And I'm, I'm saying this to you now. I need to play this back to me every single morning so I can do it again and again. It's true. I, you know, I've got to talk to, to... Is this your daughter? My, my son's girlfriend. Son's girlfriend. we got to get her on the podcast because she is an everyday hero. She's in Absolutely. the trenches. She's willing to make a stand for a greater good. And, and one of the things that I, I really believe we're in Daniel days, you know, I've I said that know. to some people and, you know, you'll get some people that go, yes, we are. And they lean in and then you get a whole bunch of others that are like, oh, calm down. You know, sure we are. And I'm like, well, hey, listen, let's just take a look at the evidence of this, right? The evidence of, of Babylon, so to speak, of, of leadership politically that is working against its people. And, you know, I think about the Daniel days is, is where, where um, laws mandates, edicts, whatever you want to say about them, especially in this area of medical freedom, uh, come down, and then you have an, an opportunity to decide what you're going to do. The easy road is I'm going to just go along to get along. And I know a lot of people, God bless them, and I, I don't begrudge anyone for making a decision. Freedom. Uh, yeah, free, that's the freedom. point. I have friends, coworkers. Yeah. Yes. You know what's funny? Some, many of them have got the vaccine, and they are yes. adamantly opposed to others being forced to get it. Yes. And I'm, yes. And, and, and I never, them getting it is their decision. I exactly. have to tell you, a lot of people I know are upset <clears throat> that they did it because they did it not because they wanted it, but because they were forced to. There is forced so much it. resentment around these people. And yes. a lot of them are the ones saying, you can't keep making me do this. By the way, Jimmy, did you yes. hear that just yesterday? There's this guy at Project Veritas. Did you know about this? Oh, yeah. He went undercover to talk to somebody at the FDA, and they said, oh, no, there is going to be an annual vaccine that if you don't get it, you can't be part of society. They're yes. planning that. They already know that. The guy at the FDA admitted it. Yes. And so this is leading to really bad things that yes. most Americans didn't think would ever happen. It was yeah, like, oh, didn't calm down. It. It's not going to be that bad. Yes. Yes. It's yeah, that's where it's headed if we don't stop I'm, it. I mean, the fact, so let's talk a little bit about medical freedom. So we've, we've got a lot of topics to talk about today. And I think your insight and is, especially for, from a, um, a godly perspective, I think is really helpful. But this, this idea of medical freedom, right? It's been a huge fight for the last two years. And especially as we've responded to the COVID virus, thousands of professionals in every single industry have lost and or are losing their jobs because of a personal health decision not to get the vaccine. Now, again, as we've said, is there is absolute medical freedom. People have the ability to make that decision, evaluate the risks, the benefits, and the alternative treatments. By the way, that's called informed consent. Evaluate it, make the best decision based upon the information that you have. But they've lost their ability to earn a living and provide for their families. Uh, and it, as you said, it's the military. I, I have I have Navy SEAL friends that are in a lawsuit right now against um, the Department of Defense. Medical professionals. We have nurses all over the country, literally thousands. I think the last count was 52,000 nurses and medical professionals have lost their jobs because of that decision. Athletes, not only athletes are losing their li livelihood, but they're also dropping dead. Now, that's another topic. Pilots, truckers farmers, you name it. Many kids are losing opportunities to go to college. You just mentioned, you know, the loss of that. Tell us a, a little bit more about your view of medical freedom. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it's freedom is freedom. I should be able to, to, and again, and what's a beautiful, beautiful thing is that we're, as followers of Jesus, he doesn't force anyone to love him. Yes. He gives us freedom. And People need to have the freedom to make decisions that are in their best interest and learn from those. Now, granted, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie house or whatever else. Yep. And you can't. But this is not that. Yes. This is not that. And the more we learn and the more we realize, I, like if there's a doctor, I will tell you, I called my doctor today. Yeah. And had a, uh, a Zoom call with him or a FaceTime call. And I told him, um, I have not been comfortable trusting you. And I, we need to have this talk. Wow. I said, when I got COVID, uh, like three weeks ago, for, no, it was, it was now a month ago, I didn't call him because I'm not vaccinated. Yeah. And I was afraid. So I called a doctor um, called CatholicDoctors.com, and mm. she prescribed the things that she thought would be best for me, regardless of the na political narrative. 
And, um, and I told him I would never go to the hospital because I used to trust that my doctor would put my health ahead of some public policy-like thing. And so he, he, I asked him the very question, get this, this is, and he's a, I think he's a generally good guy, and he's open to talking about this. He really is. But Jimmy, I said to him, do you know how many people in the United States have died from the vaccine? And he said, no. And I said, I want you to guess. And you know what he told me? Ten. <laughs> My physician, who d- does research, yes. but, but what, <clears throat> told me he thought ten Americans have probably died of the vaccine. He had never heard of Dr. Malone, one of the creators of mRNA, and I I couldn't believe it. And he was being very, he was he was not dismissive. He knew less, yes, about the entire debate than I did. So he asked me, please send me all this stuff, and I'm going to. But this we're in this time now where the medical freedom issue is also it's it comes down to censorship. Yes. The fact that this man, whose job it is to treat people with COVID, didn't know that the guy who invented mRNA technology said kids should not be getting this. And I said, you know, Doc, the reason why is because they've pulled him off social media. Yes. So you can't hear from him. I mean, yeah. so, so medical freedom, <laughs> like every other, it's educational freedom, freedom of worship, freedom of speech. Yes. yes. Um, and, I think and they're all intertwined. Yeah. They're all integrated. You know, it's funny. You mentioned something. I, I had an experience with my local doctor who is world-class. And uh, I, had, I got COVID. I used the, the protocols, which are available, I'm sure, very similar to what you used as yeah. well. They're, they are out there. The information is out there. Thank God. Because the right early treatments prevent the vast majority of hospitalization. I mean, the vast majority, 90% plus of the hospitalizations can be prevented by the right early treatments. Uh, But most people don't know that. Well, and to think that, you know, and Fauci actually came out and said, by the way, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Right. These are just, these are real things that have been documented. He actually came out and said, hydroxychloroquine, this is a few years ago, is a wonder drug. Yeah. And... You know, and people yeah. have said things about ivermectin, and it's like, yeah. hey, why is this so controversial? You yeah. know, and, and, well, and the thing is, if it were, if these were just stupid things, then it would yeah. go away. Yeah, you don't censor things that are not a threat to you. Yes, you know. Yeah. So I'm not. The, I'm all. I'm if not people want to take the vaccine, theory. that's fine. One hundred percent. But you know, it, because you and I agree that people should be making their own decisions, decisions. for their health. So for me, I believe it's an issue of stewardship, right? God has given me this body. My job with this body is to be the best possible steward that I can be of my health. So whether that's my mental health or my physical health. So I'm, I'm given the authority and responsibility with this to take care of my health in such a way that I optimize my health. So since that's true, I'm going to evaluate probably better than anyone in my life the information and make decisions in my ultimately in my best interest, but also in the best interest of those that are that I'm responsible for, like my wife and my kids. I care about them, and I have an obligation to take care of my health. But when my physician, and by the way, thousands of physicians, are being threatened by the medical boards that they will lose their license for prescribing drugs that have received the Nobel Prize as for years and years used as the safest drugs in the history of drugs, like ivermectin, um, when they're threatened with losing their licenses and we have to go around our own physician and their recommendations to get the treatment that we need, we've got a problem. Yes. And And never before. It really is evil. And I don't mean all the people doing this are knowingly doing evil, but there is something behind it. It's saying we want to take away people's freedom, prevent them from knowing things, prevent them from having informed decisions. We want them to go along with something. You know, I'm going to yeah. tell the story. I mean, I think it's so worthwhile to go back and say when, when, when COVID first hit, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had a vaccine for this, like for everything else? And then they came up with one. I was like, oh, this is going to be so great. And then when I found out about mRNA technology yes. and I found out about spike proteins and I found out about the lack of testing, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't want to do this yet. And yes. then they, they talked about people with serious comorbidities and age issues. My mom was 82. She got it because they said, well, it's, 
based on what I knew, I thought, okay, that makes sense, but I don't think I should. Certainly my kids shouldn't. Well, today, we know exponentially more. Yes. And any rational person would at the very least have to say, Pat, your hesitance and your reticence to do that is actually far more understandable now than it was then. And the fact that there are still people calling me crazy for being yeah. hesitant means yeah. we're not even paying attention to logic. Right. Because they right. told there is us, no logic. it's going yes. to prevent you from getting it. It's going yeah. to prevent you from spreading it. And yes. I thought, wow, right. well, still there's risk. Now they're like, it doesn't prevent either. No. I'm like, okay, so I'm okay. And they're like, no, you still have to get it. And it's like, right. wait a second, all the reasons you told me I had to get it before yes. don't even exist anymore. And you're still doubling down on this. Yes. There's something else going on. Yes. And so I started, th I, you know, I've had the same experience, right? Is, you know, trying to explain to people that have bought in on the idea that the vaccine is the solution. And I just walk them through that history as well. Like, hey, wait a minute. They said it was going to do this and that. It, it doesn't prevent you from getting it. And it doesn't prevent you from getting it. So you can get it and give it away. You can get it and give it away. So, okay. And then they put the mandates with it. And I started to wonder why it, this, this struck me, Pat, and see if this resonates with you. Never before, and I've talked to a number of physicians about this, never before have we told people who are sick with symptoms not to do anything, to oh. go home, to wait, don't even treat the symptoms, wait until it's really bad. Wait until you're at a place where you need medical care in a significant way, then come back, we'll admit you to the hospital, we'll put you through our protocols, which we now know have this is going to be controversial, have proven not to be nearly as effective as early treatment. So wait until you're really sick and then come back to the hospital. And then we're going to put you on a protocol that has a, a pretty abysmal success rate, to be honest. And I, you know, there's a lot of statistics on this. Never before have we ever told sick patients to do that. Why now? Yeah. And, and so I, I, I don't even want to say my greatest fears. It, that was either the most incompetent negligence ever or there was something else going on. Let's call it incompetent negligence, yes. but now we know. So, you know, yes. so, and you know what I would say? People are listening to this. I don't want them to be bummed out at all. I want right. them to speak out. Don't bum out. Speak yes. out. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Do things to, and the beauty, you know, we have to thank God for this alternative media that we have now. Yes. Because if this had happened 50 years ago, 30 years ago, we would be all closed down. And yeah. they're trying to close more down, but there are so many ways that people are getting information out. Yes. The, the, the ratings of the, of the regular news are in the toilet because people yes. know they don't tell them the truth. Yes. But at the end of the day, it has to be word of mouth. Forward people things, send people things. I'm going to talk to my doctor and show him things. Yes. And, and, and here's the last thing I want to say about that. Hmm. And I got to connect better to this too. The reason why we have to do that is because we are supposed to love them. Yes. I, if, if I care about, if I love my doctor as my neighbor, as God commands me to do, I have to share this with him. Yes. The devil wants me either to, to reject that guy or to be angry about it or to give in. Let me lo let's love these people who aren't evil, but they're, they're unknowingly cooperating with it. Let's love them enough to share them this truth and to sit with them in it. And yes. then we won't be bitter, we'll be yes. charitable and kind, and no matter what they do to us, we're going to be we're going to be okay. That's right. Well, I, I'm struck by this idea of the silencing, the fact that your physician didn't know anything about it. And by the way, we're getting information from the CDC's own site, right? The VAERS reporting system, I know, which is widely known to be underreported. We're talking about thousands of deaths. We're talking about over a million significant adverse events following the vaccine. Now, of course, none of that has been proven to be causative, well, but, but it certainly can be correlated. I mean, you, you can't miss the obviousness of the correlation, right? But the things that I get concerned about, and you mentioned it, Dr. Malone being censored, uh, McCullough being centered, yeah. censored, all of them, and then we get to a guy like Joe Rogan, now, Joe Rogan was never controversial before. Here's just an honest guy asking really curious questions to his guests for the last, oh, I don't know, a couple dozen years. He's never been a controversial person, so to speak. You may not always agree with him. You may not always like him. Yeah, he, he was irreverent, style. but like 
universally yes. irreverent about things, and people kind of liked that. Yes, and and you know what? He's made mistakes, and he's apolog- some pretty egregious mistakes with respect to terms and race and others. But those things were known. None yes. of that was unknown. Yes. That and didn't so get brought out oh, until this. Exactly. And, and if that was really what people were angry about, and under, I understand that, Yes. that should have come out before. Oh, could have come out 10 years ago. It's actually right. old material. And in other words, I would like to say, what well, you knew about that. Why didn't yes. you raise that two months ago or six months ago or a year ago? Because if that's your concern, then right. call this guy on it, and that's true in all of life. Yes. But they didn't use that until yes. he stepped over the line around, around this. Yes, and so that's why this, this free speech issue is very, very important because if you can be canceled— for making mistakes in the things you say. If you can be silenced, you know, you talked about the devil wants to silence us, right? Evil always wants to silence the truth. It's one of his primary objectives. And the truth always wants to come out. And, you know, my wife says this often. She's like, hey, the truth will always come out. It's, it has a, uh, an irrepressible spirit of coming to the light. God always brings the truth to light. So we can be sure of that. And you're seeing some of that, right? But what I've seen is when they go after people like Dr. Malone, who is wildly credible, when they go after people like Joe Rogan, who spotlights this information, and they're doing everything they can to censor him, to silence him, to shut him up, it has a chilling effect, doesn't it, on the rest of, of us who are like, well, if they could do it to them, could they do it to us? Absolutely. And it's, it's fear. It's fear-based. You know, Saul Alinsky wrote a book called Rules for Radicals, I think. And if people don't know this, they should. And he talked about pretty much how to bring down society. And, um, and it's about dividing people and accusing others of what you're doing. It's like, it's devious. And he, he, um, he dedicated it to Satan, who he called the first community organizer. And the point of the matter is this censoring people, I would be so mad if you censored opinions that were different than mine. Yes. I want to hear every side of every issue. Yes. And so if people go like, oh, you just have, it's like, no, no, no. I would stand in the, in the, in the fray for you yes. too. And I would stand there and say, if you want to get this, this vaccine, you should have the right to do it. Yes. And if you disagree, if you hate Christians... I would stand in the fray for your right to, to criticize me yes. and to argue with me about it. Yes. But don't shut people down for yes. having a different opinion as you are. Yeah. And, and a great example of that is Whoopi Goldberg. Right. I mean, Whoopi just came out and send, said some things about the Holocaust, said some things about that uh, were super offensive to the Jewish community. And I was the first one to say, well, I don't think she should be suspended. I don't, I don't think she should be silenced. I don't think she should be canceled. Even though I vehemently disagreed with what she said, she's going to pay a price for, for saying something stupid or something wrong, just like any of us would. But I don't think that that person should be removed. So if you want to suspend her, I think that was maybe appropriate for the network or the show to do that. But the problem is what we need to do is, is focus on truth. In other words, yes. she needed to be confronted with truth. Like, can we tell you why that's harmful? Can we help you understand? Because we genuinely want you to say, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. I was wrong. What we don't want people to do is go, I want to keep my job. I still believe that. But if I come out and give this fake apology, then yes. I can earn back. It's like, no, we need to go in there and we need to go, why do people think? Yes. Why do they not understand what happened in the Holocaust? Yes. So, so the problem is disagreement and freedom of speech is what allows the public forum to inform people. Yes. And so, it, yes. Uh, you know, it's, you're right. And, and, and the other thing is I still think in life there's room for grace. Yes. And forgiveness. And, and yes. I, but I want somebody to say, I can't believe I did something. Like if Joe Rogan, now I don't, I don't even want to go into that because it's, but if he can come out and say, I was wrong, I feel really bad about this, and here's why, or here's what I would do differently. Yes. Can that person be forgiven? Well, in my heart, they can be. Yes. Everybody is forgivable. But yes. I th- selective forgiveness is not good, and yes. delighting in bringing other people down for a mistake is not yes. good. And yes. again, I say that to people on every side of the aisle. Absolutely. I, you know, I never root for someone to fail. 
You know, right. I would rather. Well, have I do that root for evil to fail. Oh, one hundred percent, right? But so not, you don't not a person. Against- Yes, yes, and that's the point, right? We're not rooting against people. We're rooting against ideologies. Right. We're rooting against evil. And I think that's why this battle for freedom matters so much and why we, sh- we have to ensure free speech, open dialogue, a conversation that uncovers the truth. You know, yeah. Because if we can do that, then we, then we can make progress. But until we're willing to do that, if we're going to continually silence an idea or an opinion or, uh, uh, you know, that we disagree with. If we're going to silence that, every time I disagree with something, I'm just going to silence it. If we're in power now and I'm silencing the opposing view, well, when the other ideas come to power, then they're going to silence our views. Oh, yeah. We, we don't believe in, any, in silencing any of it. Let's put it on the table. Let's discuss it. Let's debate it and see where truth lies. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about people listening to this, and I want to give them action steps. You know what I mean? Yes. Like things they can act on. And I think what the, the one I would say is, it's so important to go, when you were born, you didn't know what your life was going to be like. We all have things played out like, oh, I'm going to go to college. It's going to take four years. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Then society changes, and we're holding on to that. It's time to detach from the way we thought things were going to play out yeah. because you are now in the year 2022 called to be a hero. You yes. didn't grow up knowing that. You didn't know how. If you're like me, you would watch war movies and, and movies about the saints and about the past and say, wow. Those people were amazing. And when, every time I heard Jesus say, and when they persecute you for, on account of me, rejoice and be glad because your reward will be great in heaven. You know, I always thought, wow, what a time that would have been to be persecuted for being a follower of Jesus. That was something that happened in the past. Well, yes. every person who's ever lived didn't grow up knowing how, what kind of a hero they were being called to be. Yes. And everyone listening to this needs to realize, oh my gosh, I'm being recruited to be a hero for yes. truth and love for Jesus. Yes. And I have to redefine how I thought life was going to play out. I said to my, my, my son's girlfriend just this morning, I said, you thought life was like this, four years of college, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be now. And that's okay. Yes. Embrace that. Yes. Churchill did not grow up thinking he was going to have to confront Adolf Hitler. Yes. yes. You know, m- any saint, any wonderful person did not know but God gives us a cross to carry. Yes. And let's actually be the heroes that he wants us to be yes. and be joyful, loving, selfless warriors for truth. That's beautiful. And, and there's something special about uh, living your life with courage. Oh. It, you know, and you can't tell somebody, they have to experience it, right? When you finally decide to go against the flow or the conventional wisdom and you stand for your values and beliefs in a, in a respectful, compassionate way, or when you stand against an evil ideology or something that you just don't believe is right, when you stand up for someone else who's being mistreated, there is this emboldening spirit that happens because within the heart of every man is a sense of righteousness. That comes from God. So when you act in a courageous way, when you act in a righteous way, you are emboldened. It's, it's a special experience, isn't it, Pat? It's liberating. Yes. Fear, fear of being persecuted is honestly worse than persecution. Yes. And knowing that you're sacrificing your, your well-being or your principles or the well-being of others to get along and avoid persecution is awful. It, it, yes. it creates cognitive dissonance and this yes. awful self-loathing eventually. Yes. Whether you, you admit know, it or not, and whether people go on TV and pretend they believe something and they act like, but deep down inside, they're like, I can't believe yes. I'm going along with something that's hurting others and that doesn't correspond to logic, reason, and truth. That's right. It is so much better to go. You know, Lila Rose is a, is a friend of mine. Lila mm. is a... Uh, a woman who's dedicated to um, life, pro-life. Yes. And since she was 18 years old and before, before that, 15. So I'm, I'm pro-life. I think abortion is, is wrong. I also have great compassion for women who have had abortions yes. and for the families and the suffering they go through afterward. And those that are yes. contemplating it, we have to love them. Yes. But the taking of an unborn life, to me, is wrong. Okay, that's a... Lila, I talked to her about it because she gets all kinds of crap. Yeah. She's not oh, afraid think? of it anymore. Right. She's like, no, I know what I believe. Yeah, people throw stones at me all the time. 
But until that first th- stone has been thrown, or maybe the first three have been thrown, yes. I said thrown, <laughs> it's so scary. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's actually, it hurts a little. There's a little bump there, but it comes away. And after a while, people stop throwing them because they know it doesn't bother you that much, does it? Like, no, because yes. I love you. See, that's yes. the thing. Love is the great shield. Yes. And if you want to throw a stone at me for loving you enough to tell you that, that, that protecting innocent life is good for all of us, Yes. I'll take that stone. Yes. It's crazy how much more liberating it is to stand in the light and let people know this is what I believe and yes. why it's love. Yes. It, it's, it, it's liberating. It's so much better. It is liberating. You use the word. And I was thinking, you know, fear and faith, um, they have a lot in common, right? Fear and faith believe something about the future. Ah. So they're kind of like opposite sides of the same coin. And you can, you know, a lot of people will just do a a coin toss to decide whether they're going to live by fear today or live by faith. But God asks us to live by faith, to walk by faith, not knowing what the future holds. The idea is that fear has a negative expectation about the future. It believes it's going to be worse than today. Bad things are going to happen, and I don't want any part of it. I have worry. I have anxiety. And all of us are susceptible to that. Because if people are listening to this going, Jimmy and Pat don't have fear. Oh, no. Every day I I get tempted to drift back. And if I go too much to the news and I'm too worldly, it can suck me into that. It's like, oh, no, I got to lift up my face and see Jesus and spend time with him and say, I'm afraid, but I know I shouldn't be. Yes. And and so don't think that it's like if you're afraid a lot, don't think like, oh, I just I guess I'm not like them. No, 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 we're all human. But remember, the thing that Jesus said more than anything in the Bible was, be not afraid. Yes. And then be healed. not. Yes. Be healed and be not afraid. So so if that's true, 365 references to having no fear. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Uh, I'm going to go with you wherever you go. I just love that promise, right, in Jeremiah 1.9. And then I was thinking about the idea of faith, right, because you get to decide whether you're going to walk in faith or walk in fear, and we're all confronted with that, like you said. We're, we're not some superhumans with this ability to just choose faith every day. We have to win the battle in our mind. Every day. But, yeah, every, every single every day. Moment. And actually, I was just going to say almost every moment, you know, and I can't tell you how many times I'll wake up in the morning discouraged right out of the box. I'm like, why am I discouraged? This is ridiculous. And I have to then reaffirm the things I know about God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God. I have to reaffirm the, the optimistic approach to life, and I have to choose to live by faith today, that no matter what happens, God is in control of that. And faith has a positive expectation about the future. Yes. And I love that. So every day I go, I have a positive expectation for today. Um, And I wanted to touch on one more, one thing. Oh, can I say something before you move on? Yeah, yeah. Because I'll forget. So I do a podcast for about faith. It's like a five minute once a week. Just it's called Mm. The Simple Reminder. And it's just Mm. me, an ordinary guy going, hey, here's one of the things I forget. Maybe this is helpful to you too. It's, It's the smallest podcast I do, but the people that listen to it, there's, there's like 1,200 people listen to it every day. I mean, mm. every week. But the, my next episode is going to be about, it's, I think it's going to be called, Oh Yeah, The Resurrection. Because it's amazing. It's like if every day we just woke up and went and put ourselves there at the tomb yes. and said, Oh, yeah, I, f- I keep forgetting you, you rose from the dead. It's like everything after that is different. Yes. <laughs> And if we just can reset ourselves, but I say, oh, yeah, because I'll go for weeks and forget, like, oh, wait, Jesus was born into a dictatorship, oppressive, lived for 33 years, died in a dictatorship, but rose from the dead and and won victory over sin and death. Oh, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I think sometimes we get so worldly, even so, I dare say it, Jimmy, so American. Yes. I remember as a kid and even as an adult thinking, if our allegiance to America is greater than our allegiance to God, this is the worst idol ever. Yes. And yes. So, so what we have to remember is, no, wait, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. That's my identity. That's who I am. Yes. Start there and stop there. Now, am I American? Yes. Do I want to fight for American values? Yes. Do I want to protect others and love others and truth and all that? Yes. yes. But if I think that my identity and my hope lies in that flag behind you, yes, then I am going to be sorely disappointed. 
Yes. Because our hope is in him, not in yes. not in an election. Yes. You know, and there's people in China and other places yeah. in the world dying for their faith in Christ. Yes. They're not failures. No. <laughs> no. So. No. In fact, they're 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 heroes, you know. And I I was thinking about that, you know, in trying to defend freedom in America, uh, we're not defending the nation of America per se. We're, we're defending the values, the spirit of which this country was founded, that this is an experiment of sorts, right, based on ideas yes. and ideals, based on virtues, based on beliefs. And it's funny, I read a statement from uh, President Lincoln, and we got to the end of this, of this speech that he gave, this writing that he made, and uh, everyone in the room turned to each other and said, well, Lincoln would be canceled for that. And I thought, well, okay, and you know what, Pat, it's true. He was establishing the biblical foundations of this country. He was reminding us that liberty comes from God, that we are to take our faith into the marketplace, to take our faith into the political arena, to remind people in their families, in their neighborhoods, etc., this is unheard of today. You can't take your faith anywhere without consequences. And this is Lincoln. And I thought, wow, that's interesting that he would be silenced. And, you know, I think your point is exactly right. God is, right? We, our allegiance is to God, not to a nation. But we have an obligation, since we're citizens of this country, to fight for freedom and the God-given rights that were given to us. In Absolutely, because it's yeah. ultimately around human dignity Yes. given to us by God. You know something? I want to give your listeners another practical thing, yeah. and that is this. So, so how do we live our faith in society? And it's so hard because we think, am I supposed to go stand on the street corner like in London at, at Hyde Park or whatever else and proclaim and all this stuff? Or am I supposed to? Here's, here's a great way to do it. And it, it's, it's got to be sincere. And that, but, but it's so great. Go to people, especially in the secular, secular world, hmm. and do it sincerely and say to them, Hey, is there anything going on in your life right now that I could pray for? Mm. I have never had anybody, if I said it to somebody at, the Whole, Fo- at Whole Foods or if I said it to somebody in, on the street, and, and I have, on an airplane, people, and you're not doing it like, hey, yeah, I got, it's like, no, seriously, is there yeah. anything going on in your life right now that I could pray for? Mm. The, the worst, the, the saddest thing I've ever heard is, no, I don't think so. Most often, people will say, yeah, you know, some, I have a brother-in-law who's suffering from this. What's his name? Okay, I'm going to pray for him. Or sometimes I'll pray right there, if, depending on where yeah. they're at. But people are, it's like, that's love. Yes. And so, yes. so if, if every Christian, if every follower of Jesus yes. said, I'm going to go to people who are misled or seem bitter or confused and just say, can I pray for you in some way? Mm. They, nobody, everybody is like, oh, wait a second. Yes. You want my best? You want what's best for me? Mm. And say, yeah. It's a, it, 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 is, it is authentically, what's the right word when you dis- disarming? Yes. Don't do yes. it to disarm them. Do it to love them. So because so, it's like, how do you do that? Go to that teacher in class that says, well, rah, 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 and, they're, and just say, hey, can I talk to you, professor? Is there anything going on in your life right now that I could pray for? Because I would love to pray for you. Yes. I, and if, if somebody says, shut up, I don't want to hear that, you know that's from their wounds, and that's yes. not going to harm you, but most of them will go, well, thank you, that's really kind. Yes. So let's, let's do that. I love that. Let's enter into prayer for those that don't know him. I love and, that. Uh, anyway. You know, I think that's a, it's a great reminder because you can do that on an airplane, you can do that in your neighborhood, you can do that at a school board meeting, you can do that anywhere. And, it, and I've, ne- I've done that, and I've never had an experience where someone says no. Right. It's just, and, and even if they have to think about it, because sometimes like, well, you know, I have to think about that. If it's a, a, a server at a restaurant, they'll almost always come back and say, you know what, I thought of something. Yep. So it's a great reminder to be salt and light, to be love in your community right where you're at. And I could go to Berkeley, California, and go to a restaurant, and the waiter could come to me with more rings in their nose or their ears or wherever they put their rings, and I honestly believe if I looked at them and I said, hey, I'd love to pray for you, so what's going on in your life? I can tell you this, I don't think they would respond negatively. No. No, I, I, I agree. Because people are hurting. 
and they're in the hurting. end, they really, yeah. And Saint Augustine was right, and their their hearts will never rest till they rest in God. Yes, they just the the evil one is sowing seeds of doubt that are telling them God is the problem. Yes, you know, but Saint Augustine was right. Our hearts yes. will not rest until they rest in Him. So let me uh, let's uh, one final question, if I could. Sure. Uh, maybe maybe two. I'm going to indulge a little bit, but sometimes, like we started the conversation by you talking about a hard conversation you've had with your family, where you know there are disagreements about about truth. How do you? We do want to make a difference on some of the key topics that we're facing, whether it's medical freedom or uh, you know free speech, cancel culture, whether it's uh, the pro life movement. Whatever those things are, we we want to engage in conversation with our family, with our neighbors. What are some? What are the best ways to operate in those conversations so that you don't alienate? That you're attractional. What do you do, Pat? Well, first of all, you can't be afraid of alienating. Yeah. And if because if you're not afraid of alienating, and you then you're more likely to do it in in love and and without fear. But when you're mm. afraid of alienating, it's easy to get mad at people going, you're making it really hard for me not to alienate you. I mean, it's, a, <laughs> it's an interesting irony. So we can't, if, if you go and lovingly explain something to somebody and it alienates something, that's okay. That's all right. And, and then it probably won't happen that often. I think the thing is family is the hardest for me. The closer they are to me, the hardest it is. Because when, when somebody I'm really close to is fundamentally disagreement with me around something really serious, yeah. that's hardest. And so maybe they're going to need to hear from others. I think for us, like I called my doctor today and told him, hey, I haven't called you for five months because I was afraid that you were going to judge me. And I don't think you have a lot of information, and I need to know you're open to that. Yeah. And he was like, no, we need to talk about this. This is really good. Send me information that I don't have. And so I did that. Um, The other thing is I think we have to realize this. It's like like when we preach to people or want to, like, win souls for Jesus. Hmm. It's not our job to do the whole thing. And, 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 and we, we were raised like, I'm going to do it soup to nuts. i got to start it, and i got to finish it. Four steps, and, four and, laws. And we are not supposed to do all the work. We're supposed to do what Jesus brings us to. So maybe it's that one comment, and we talk to them and go, okay, God, take them from there. I will tell you a story, Jimmy. I met a guy yesterday that I hadn't seen in 21 years. And, he, and I, I saw him for the first time in 21 years. Excuse me, he's been very successful in his life, and I gave him advice before he started this career he's in. He said, Pat, you took me to the airport 21 years ago. Do you remember the advice you gave me? Mm. I said, I don't. And he goes, you told me to change my association with these people because it wasn't going to work out. And he goes, I did it a week later. And he says, the other thing you said is, I have 10 letters for you. I want you to know Christ. I I didn't remember it. I didn't remember saying that to him. And it's 21 years later. He's still searching and wow. he's not yet to Jesus. And I said, hey, the first piece of advice helped you, didn't it? So it, Jesus said, like, 21 years from now, you're going to meet that guy again? Now I'm going to send him a book. I'm going to send him C.S. Lewis's book, Mere yes. Christianity, which he's never heard of. I'm going to mm. send him some videos. I had no idea Jesus was going to take that comment. 21 years later, I was going to reenact with, reconnect with this guy and then other people will take it from there. So sometimes I think it's like I have to engage this person, win them over, change their mind, do all this. It's like, let's do our part, and every night at the end of the day, let's go, I did my best, Jesus. Help me to do it again tomorrow. Mm. I can't think of a better way to close our program. Some will plant seeds, some will water those seeds, and God causes the growth. And when you can release the outcome, that removes all the pressure. All I have to do is be responsible with the truth and with engaging proactively. I love that, because if you're going to talk to somebody, it's like, I don't need to win the argument. Mm-hmm. I don't need to convince them. I just need to lovingly give them this and let God take it from there. Then yeah. our, our stress goes down, and we can be that person. Yeah, and you know that is true freedom in Christ, Oh, right? We're secure in our relationship with God to the point where we can love people freely, not have to win the argument, but simply do our part in the process. It's brilliant. Pat, you have been a a huge blessing, my friend. I mean, just incredible. We're going to pray that God blesses your family richly, that the work your hands has purpose and mission, as I know it does, and that you have an incredible impact on those around you, for sure. Thank you. God willing, I I, thank you. I really really appreciate those Mm -hmm. prayers, and I'll pray for you as well. God bless you, buddy.